Well, I think we're going, Jojo. Are you are you ready for this, Jojo? Because I'm never ready for this. <laughs> as ready as we can be, right? This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me, of course, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. We're back. Jojo, hello. Jojo, hello. Hello, Graham. How do you do? Uh, it, it's it's going, you know. Yeah, we've been we've been absent for a moment. Yeah, you know? I'm feeling a little rusty. Uh, I have to say. Yeah, but you know, so a wise person told me once, you know, podcast when you feel like podcasting, uh, when it feels like it's too much, just don't, you know. And lately, we've been in that kind of case where we both, you know, it's the holiday times and work is in interfering with a lot of it we don't want to do something that doesn't feel like we're in there 100 right george that's that's mm-hmm. completely correct i mean you know once it turns into a job then it's not any fun anymore <laughs> exactly so we're, we're not trying to do that so we're back we are going to present to you this week the best shows we streamed in 2022 normally what we do is that we pick out a list from different media mediums and uh, we create a consensus type of list where some of the shows we haven't even watched. But I, I, I think it's not as authentic this way, whereas we've talked about some very fabulous shows and some shows that we haven't had a chance to talk about, uh, to discuss in, in the podcast this whole year. So I guess... We are going to go with the shows that we streamed and we liked. Right, Jojo? That's right. Yep. And so without further ado, we're going to try to go to this list. And I'd like to start with you, Jojo. What What do you have? Let's say the last on your list, if you will. Let's go from, from bottom to, to top. Okay. What is at the bottom of your list? So at the bottom of my list is the one that we did a show about. And I just enjoyed this series a lot. I'm sad it didn't get picked up for a second season, but on Amazon, uh, Night Sky with with J.K. Simmons, and uh, it's just uh, and Sissy Spacek, and I just yes. really enjoyed this one. I enjoyed our conversation about it. I thought it was a beautiful human story with some great performances, and uh, I wish they'd given it a little bit more of a chance to find out what was everything that was going to be happening. But uh, I think it was a fantastic little little season. Yeah, it was a, a fabulous little show, and I do have this show on my list too. And uh, the the crazy thing is that if it weren't because we do the monthly what's coming next month thing, I don't know that I would have watched this show because I was like, night guy, whatever. And then the graphic, the illustration of the graphic isn't also all the way there either. It was just like, eh, literally a night guy. <laughs> you know, um, but while I was editing that video for our YouTube channel and, you know, because I have to repeat over and over the description of the show uh, with your voiceover, it kind of dawned on me, like, this might be a good thing. And of course, you know, I love my sci-fi. 
So I was like, okay, let's give it a go. And man, it was a very, very good show. And I, again, as you said, it's a, it's a shame that it didn't get picked for for a second season, but absolutely fantastic show. You'll see where, where it lands on my list. But for me, bottom of my list is actually a documentary that we did, we did a, a podcast about. And I don't know if it was a coincidence. I don't know if it was a question of, of well-timed, but HBO released this documentary right at the time that the Supreme Court of the United States decided, fuck it, women have way too many rights with, the, with their own bodies, so let's take the right to choose an abortion away from them. And it's called The Janes. And for me, The Janes is like one of the most beautiful acts of defiance by women that I've ever seen. And I mean, those women should be on Mount Rushmore. Forget about all these fuckers that <laughs> are placed there. <laughs> Because what they did in the era that they did it, the things that they risked to do that was insane. And I loved every moment of this show. And um, that's why it's on my list. So what did you think of the James, Jojo? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I loved that series too. And I'm glad that we got to talk about it. I'm glad that we did a podcast about it. It is interesting, the timeliness of it when it was released, <laughs> the coincidence or, or, or serendipity or whatever, but, but it, it, it is a fantastic series and it does really document very well the struggles of being a woman uh, at a particular time in this country and how just because it seems like something's impossible it doesn't mean that it is human ingenuity and spirit and ability to think and ability to problem solve uh, is unbelievably strong and is something that I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for. And we're willing to just throw our hands in the air and say, oh, well, that's it. And it um, can be done, right? Yeah, it can't be done. We can't do it. And that's that's not what these women did. They didn't throw their hands in the air. They were like, okay, let's get this fixed. Let's do some shit. And I love that. I love that. And we need more of that in the world. Absolutely. And of course, the, the story continues and and the no the story, the saga continues. And nowadays we have quite a few women along with allies doing the work it's just a shame that it's still ongoing yeah uh, almost you know 50 years later yeah so um <laughs> justice will prevail it takes a long time but justice will prevail and sooner or later it's going to come a time where we're going to reflect upon all of this that happened last year and realize I've said before, hatred is cyclical and it takes us to, you know, create strong foundations and remember history, talk about the history of things, not take what we have gotten for granted in order for us to never lose the rights in that we have. Because that is the biggest problem, is that you have a bunch of activists that fight and fight and fight and fight in the present, 
to get things right, to get, you know, to get justice. And once we get that justice, the very next generations that come about takes it for granted. And just, just like, yeah, that's, that's normal. That's, that's the normal thing. And it's not normal. The things that we have had to fight for, liberty, freedom, those things are not no they they not the norm. There's always someone trying to take it away. Yeah. And we have to keep that in mind and always be vigilant. Um and I'm not saying in that case that, you know, women and we as a society didn't do enough to to protect the right of women to choose. I'm just saying that um there are those who take everything else for granted and forget to go to the ballots or forego going to the ballot on election day because nee, I'm not happy with what things are going now without, re without realizing that the future of everything depends on the vote. It's not, mm, gas is too expensive, I'm not happy. It's not about that. It's about what are they, the, the people that are getting elected, if you don't go and vote, what are they trying to take away from you? What should you protect? I know I went political, but yeah, mm. let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what what's next is on your list? So, next on my list is one that we reviewed, I believe, at the beginning of the year. But I I enjoyed this one more than I expected to. Uh, the Wheel of Time, also on Amazon with Rosamund Pike and a fine little, little fine cast of, of young people. And, young actors. Yeah, fantastic young actors. And yes. uh, yeah, I did not expect to like this one as much as I did. And uh, I am glad that it, it, it got uh, some recognition for, for it. So yeah, and in but you know, it's the next thing on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just a, it's just an amazing thing. Yeah. It's the next thing on my list because this is a show that I did not expect to like, and the reason I didn't is because all of the knobheads that had something to review or to talk about this show kept comparing it to Game of Thrones and this and that. Is mm -hmm. Amazon has Amazon discovered the new Game of Thrones and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> this, is, this show is not even about any of that bullshit. This show is better than that. And I'm not saying that it's better than Game of Thrones. I'm saying that this show should not be placed next to Game of Thrones. On its own, The Wheel of Time is one of the best adaptations of, of, a, of a book that I've seen in a long time. And Rosamund Pike, I think she produces it too, isn't it? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it, it is a shame that it got compared so much to Game of Thrones because it really isn't anything. I, I, I fundamentally, it really isn't anything like Game of Thrones. <laughs> I no, mean, I suppose no, there are some elements that are the same as there's going to be in any kind of, you know, fantasy world type sci-fi sword and sandal thing, but that's not really not what, what, it is about it all. And, uh, I think it's, uh, much, it's, it's a, it's a completely different story and, uh, loved the cast, like you said. And I think, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Adaptation absolutely. was great. So 
lovely show and uh, it, it made our list and I'm glad that it made both of our lists because it, it is it's very and it's crazy because on the list that we reviewed wasn't even a mention on the list that we we went through which is why at the end we decided now nah, fuck it <laughs> you know yeah because there's a lot of shows that are like very tv oriented you know episode by episode weekly by weekly shit and we don't do that so yeah at the end of the day that list the, the list of uh, you know the very famous uh platforms they're not for us is it no no and a lot of stuff that i saw too on the the top 10 lists were things that were in their second season third season fourth season fifth season and that's fine but i want to talk about new stuff you know let's let's talk about what the new stuff for the year was what their first season was and i mean i feel like there should be separate lists for hey this was a great season of you know I don't right. know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, so I, I love Better Call Saul, but it's been fucking 13 years of Better Call Saul. Come on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there yeah. are some new stuff out there that people should discover. Well, because we are all about discovering new shows, I guess that's where we come in. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so for me... Next on my list was a, a show. It was a four, was it a four episode or six episode show on uh, on Breadbox, and part of the reason we watched this show it was for because it had two things. It has it was produced and directed by Hugh Laurie, mm-hmm. one, and also it's an Agatha Christie famous stuff. <clears throat> Why didn't they ask Evans? And I have to tell you, Jojo, this was a beautiful show. And I don't normally rewatch series, but I've actually gone and rewatched this one because that's how good it was. That's how great it was. That's how much much I enjoyed it. And I don't know uh, if it made your list, but it's certainly on my list. And... Um, I'm glad I did watch it. I'm glad we did we did a show about it. Yeah, yeah. it it <laughs> it isn't on my list because I swapped it out for one that we actually didn't get to talk about. But um, it it I I enjoyed that one too, and I'm glad I'm glad that it's on yours because um, I think as you said, it was just it's beautifully produced. It's a lot of fun to watch. Hugh Laurie, I think, is going to come into his own very soon as a director. I know that he's done a few things but I, I think hopefully soon he's going to do something that gets him the recognition he deserves because um this is this is yes it's Agatha Christie and yes you know it's classic and it ought to quote unquote ought to you know direct itself but you can make a big pile of mush out of <laughs> out of Agatha Christie too and you Laurie does a fantastic job with this and the 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 cast was very likable and fun, yes. and uh, it's just yeah, it was it was a really really good series, and it is. I as think you we, said, we, very we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun talking about Will Poulter yes. <laughs> on this one because Will Poulter is one of these actors that you know he's not the prettiest dude out there. He's he's kind of weird. He looks like a who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's not a pretty dude. He's not. 
Henry Cavill or something. No, he's not a classically gorgeous <laughs> dude or whatever you want to say. <laughs> but boy, he's a fucking actor, man. Yeah. Boy, he's and, and I think to a certain extent, you can see a little bit of that or of you lowering him in that respect. Because Hugh Laurie is that type of dude too. Like Hugh Laurie has never been a galant of of, of the silver screen. Right. But he's an elegant dude, and he's an absolutely fabulous actor, musician, writer. I mean, he is a quintessential fucking Renaissance man. Yes. You know? Yes. And so it, it was a fantastic show to watch. And again, it it's worth a, a rewatch because this is a great Agatha uh, Christie story, well adapted. And even the little tweaks that were made by Hugh Laurie in the adaptation fall in perfectly. It doesn't feel like it 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 deviated too much from something Agatha Christie wrote. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well go on then, Georgia. You're next. <laughs> <laughs> so one of mine that I, I really, really loved that we talked about and I'm really glad we talked about too is Dr. Death. And that one was, I think, a real revelation in terms of who it was made by <laughs> and yes. the the acting in it and the storyline and the fact that it is completely based on a true story and I think even toned down a little bit from what happened in real yes. life, <laughs> yes. which yes. is just it's because it is a bonkers story, but it is all completely true. And it's just, it's a fantastic, if you're into true crime and you're into that kind of documentary series, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I feel like the story is one that hasn't been told to death <laughs> in true crime stories. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, pun unintended. <laughs> But, you know, it's not a lover situation or a triangle per se. It's it's really about this man and his huge ego and what right. narcissism will get you. And it's 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 just such a good series. And I'm so glad that we talked about it. And I really, really hope that if anybody out there hasn't seen it and is a fan of true crime, true crime documentaries would give it a try because, um, you know, I saw like the staircase everywhere and no disrespect to the staircase yeah, yeah. at all. But I mean, that story has had so many adaptations. It has been told so many different times in true crime documentaries, different series, different adaptations, whatever you want to call it. We had the case was on court TV. Yeah. But and but I just I really enjoyed Dr. Death. I enjoyed seeing something different in the documentary field of true crime and the the story is just bonkers it's just completely bonkers yes yes and joshua jackson and christian slater yes alec baldwin my yes god how good were they yes they were so oh. fantastic in this the chemistry between christian slater and alec baldwin to me was just shocking good i didn't expect yes. them to really have any chemistry because to me they both seem like these huge egos which they are, yeah, yeah. but they they yes. bounced off of each other incredibly well in this series. So I I thought they were fantastic, and Joshua Jackson I think really really nailed the the narcissist who has always never been has never been quite good enough, but in his mind he's perfect, and it, mm -hmm. it's just it's really really good. 
Really, yes. really good. Yes. I loved the series. <laughs> it was it was fantastic. I'm glad you chose it because uh, I I gleaned over a couple of times and I I went the other way. But yes, uh, now that you we are talking about it, I'm reminded of how great it was. And I was like, man, Joshua Jackson. Also, uh, we. we we forget Grace Gomer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, man, she was fantastic she too. Was she was fantastic. great in this. Yes. I mean, we definitely recommend this show. Like, if you haven't seen it, it, it it's on Peacock. It, I think it was the very first Peacock show. It we was. <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of like, yeah, we said we'd never do this, but we lied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know. Uh, it, it, it was too good. Like, you know, yeah. So we did and, and it's, it's, it's up there. So if you want to go back through what we reviewed this year, based on this list, pretty much every show that we've got here, we've talked about so far, we've reviewed. And if you want to hear what we had to say about it, go ahead. If you want to watch the show and then come back and hear what we had to say about it too. Yeah, feel free to do that. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So the next show I have on my list is a show that I fell in love with. And even, and I have to confess, eventually I didn't finish watching it. I, um, you know, because it was released on a weekly basis and it had all of the elements that I don't like and, you know, me. I like being binge watching, and I haven't gotten to the to to the point of finishing it by being binge watching the last three episodes, which is what I'm missing. Is the offer, and of course the reason I loved the offer was because it tells the story of putting together producing mm-hmm. one of the most iconic films ever which is The Godfather. And I think it was a well-told story, one, but the casting also was immense. I don't know what you think about that, Judge. No, no, I agree. I agree. This was this was a, a huge undertaking. I don't know if that's the right word, but it was it was it had to be daunting <laughs> to, yeah. to, to put together. And there were so many things that we learned about the making of, of the, of everything that I didn't know anything about. So I, yeah. I think that that is, is fantastic. And the idea of making a TV show about making a movie. It's, Make it's, a movie. Yeah. It's very, the, it's very, yeah. what's the word meta or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It was, it was very, very cool. So yeah. Enjoyed this one too. I think uh, I have uh, I was most impressed by a few people here and uh one Juno Temple can do uh, for a British she can do a mean American accent. Yeah. And she was really great on this one. Also Giovanni Ribisi, Justin Chambers playing Marlon Brando, Colin Hanks as Barry Lapidus. Dude, I think the least impressive person here was Miles Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious, man. I'm serious. What do you say? 
Yeah, yeah, agreed. It was it was a fantastic cast, and they they brought it. So, yeah. Matthew Good, Matthew Good's character. I said it before, and I'm gonna say it again. It annoyed the fuck out of me because it was he had this nasally speaking. But I've done a bit more reading about the character that he was playing, and this is a dude that actually ended up in Hollywood because he wanted to be an actor. Mm. And he was a terrible actor, so ended up being an executive. <laughs> but he had the like the drama flair and the whole thing, which uh, is what Matthew gotcha. Good as it was. It was the bad acting of a bad actor played by a great actor, I suppose. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> why is this dude like, why is he playing this dude like that? <laughs> then I, I, I went and found out, I'm like, okay, so it makes sense. I think this guy is still, is still around. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those dudes that look like an old man with a young, peop- young person's face, so. You imagine the amount of work he's done there. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? You on, Jojo? Uh, let's see. So I had on my list next uh, A League of Their Own, which is one that we talked about on the series. And uh, I thought that this was a great series of a great movie and was not, what's the word? It, it, it's about the movie, but it's it's its own thing. <laughs> it, it's yeah. not just a retelling of the movie that doesn't work like a lot of these reboots are. It's not a reboot at all. It is just a expansion, I suppose you could say, of the universe of the movie of A League of Their Own. And uh, I'm glad that we reviewed it. I'm glad we got to do an episode about it. I'm glad I got to watch it. And I think that it's important television too in 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 terms of of gay rights and kind of bringing out the bringing to the forefront the the fight and the how difficult it was back then for women who were gay because i think we and you know maybe i'm wrong in saying this but it does feel like sometimes the the focus of gay rights has been on the male fight because men have had it yeah. quote unquote harder than women yeah. because you know oh if you were a man and you're and you're gay this will happen and that'll happen and this will happen and I'm not disregarding that at all but I am saying that that it's not like women had it easy <laughs> either yeah. so yeah. there is still there was there was it wasn't like oh well, you're a lesbian that's fine <laughs> It, it, it didn't really work that way. So yeah. as much as, as uh, you know, I think some folks would, would like that to be the narrative, that isn't the actuality of it. And um, I think that this series shows that. And also with the coming out of the real life women, who is a character in the story, um, you know, it's she's only recently felt safe enough to truly come out and say, yes, I'm gay and have been my whole life. <laughs> so, right. yeah. um I, I think that it was important for that, and uh, I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah, I think I was a bit harsh on this show when when we talked about when when, when we discussed this show, and it, it wasn't because of the theme of the show, but rather because I felt like they probably couldn't could have called it something else. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I do think it should have been called something else. Exactly, and that would have been perfectly fine with me. They could have easily made a series derived from 
the story of the a league of their own. Like this is this show is about the same thing that happened or the same group of people in which from which uh, a league of their own was based. I would have agreed with that because for me the thing is that it was such a totally different story than what Penny Marshall did. Yes, that I was like, why just not call it something else? Yes. Don't yes. give me them. And I think it was a bit of a shameless uh, use of the of the title to, I don't know, bring attention to it. Maybe that's what it was. But I wasn't happy with that. But other than that, I felt like the show was absolutely fantastic. I think the show, the the actors were, were great. And uh, the stories that were told, as you said, were stories that needed to be told and... It needed to bring to the spotlight the idea, again, as you said, gay women have existed for the longest time, even though when we think about gay rights, the first thing we think about is about, you know, male gay gay rights, you know. So th- that was a, a good spotlight in that respect. But yes, um, I'm still mad at the fact that they called it <laughs> illegal of their own and they made it seemed that it was about or a, a reboot of the movie that we we watched in the 90s agreed agreed and i i think that that was a, probably a cash grab or at least an intention grab on the part of marketing or producing or whoever but i i do think that it i i, I agree with you that it should have been titled something else i don't know what but you know Something, something inspired by the story of a league of their own. They could have even done exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So the next on my list, my list was Night Sky. We've already talked about it. So I'm going to move on. And I'm going to bring about a show from Apple TV Plus that we watched. I don't, did we? Yeah, we did. Did we do a, a, a podcast episode about suspicion? Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember griping about the fact that Uma Thurman had like three scenes in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is why the promo features <laughs> Uma Thurman so prominently when she has like five scenes and it, then everything else is like, no, Uma Thurman. It's true. But it wasn't. <laughs> absolutely fantastic show i loved it everything about it i loved and uh and uh the cast just the the story the cast but um what's his name um what's what's his name my, my dude from um from you know the the show with the nerds in the u.s oh um kunal kunal nayar uh, yeah, Kunal Nayar from uh, Kutrapali. Kutrapali, from, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he he was he was fantastic in this show too, and I, I think it was it, one of those things that we haven't seen before. Like we we know him as, you know, Kutrapali. Yeah, but my dude is good. He is fantastic. He, he is yeah. a fantastic actor, and um, so so good. And he was very, very good in this. And uh, yeah, this was this was a fun series to to talk about. It's we did we did do uh, we did get to talk about this one, and that was that was pretty wild. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah, that's that's next on my list. So, uh, 
awesome. What you got? Uh, I think we also grabbed about Noah Emmerich yeah, we... uh, <laughs> dropping accents. <laughs> we did. <laughs> he has this thing where he has this thing where he does stuff and then he drops accent. I mean, like, wait, wait a minute. And like, why is it like always some dude from the CIA or FBI? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't like know. Typecast. He is typecast. He really is. I mean, I suppose it makes the bills or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we need a badass ginger. <laughs> a badass, you know, Jewish German ginger. <laughs> Let's put you in there. <laughs> He's good. good. Yes. (laughs) All right, Juju, what do you have next? So I have one that we actually didn't talk about on the series, but I watched, and I don't think that you've watched it, uh, but it was on HBO Max, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the show, and I don't know when I've gotten to laugh so much during a show, and that is Peacemaker. And... I loved Peacemaker, I oh. am unashamed to say, and I think it was hilarious. I think it was some of the funniest TV that has been on in a very long time, and there is some, there are some performances in there that are fantastic from the actors, and even John Cena, who was not somebody I was expecting to be able to act at all, <laughs> other yeah. than to play John Cena, is very, very good in it. So, peace John Cena as yeah. John Cena. <laughs> John Cena as John Cena. As John Cena in John Cena. <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved Peacemaker. And uh, I don't think you've seen it yet, have you? So I <laughs> attempted to watch a couple of episodes Just of not your thing. Uh, Peacemaker, and um, it nah, it didn't fine. do much for me. You know, <laughs> it really didn't do much for me. And it's one of the shows that I knew that I know that if I watched at least the third episode, it probably would have grown on me because I saw that it was going somewhere, but I was struggling. So I was like, eh, no. I'll come back to it. And, you know, the death of a show might well be when I say I'll come back. <laughs> and it's done. <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, I probably won't. I'll come back to it. Yeah, I probably won't. I, well, Peacemaker is definitely something you have to be in the particular mood to watch or to start. Because if it, I, I'm quite sure if it, no, if it hits you wrong, it's going to hit you wrong. And you're just going to be like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. And that. That I completely can agree with and see. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, for whatever, but I watched it. It hit me right. And I love it. I loved Freddie Stroma in it. He's very, very funny. And uh, Daniel Brooks is fantastic in it. Robert Patrick is very, very good in it. And it's just, it's, it's a I fun I think one series. of the things that hit me the wrong way is the fact that Robert Patrick was so good as Isn't he? an absolutely Douchey parent, isn't he? And uh, you know those kind of shit triggers. <laughs> like, so it was like, yeah. And it's just right, no. it, it gets worse. It it gets yeah. worse through the whole episode, yeah. the whole series. It just call, yeah. it, it it gets worse and worse and worse. And um, yeah, it I understand the trigger warning definitely for that. Oh my yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, fantastic show, nonetheless. It and. Uh, you know, hopefully I can get back to it and like 
you know, have a drink and watch it, or two, <laughs> or three. Who knows? Well, uh, then I will move on with the next one I have, mm -hmm. which is another Apple TV Plus show. As you can tell, I watch a lot of Apple TV Plus stuff, and sometimes I have more criticism than I have praise for them. Apple TV seem to be married to M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> They, do. they love that dude. They love know. him. But they this show, nothing to do with M. Night Shyamalan, is called Slow Horses. And you will hear me say this a lot. This is not a show that I expected to like. Because when Gary Oldman plays a douchebag, he plays it so much that you will fucking hate the show, but not this one. This one is good. This one is good because it is about, you know, it's a show that defies not good enoughism for me in the sense that there are people out there who have skills, but they don't brag about it. They don't even look like they have the skills and you know like the world will judge a book by its cover and a lot of people in order for their natural instincts the skills the, the best of them to come out it has to be in extreme situations so these are the people that are always overlooked in this is a group of outcasts like that who no one thought they had any skills and and they took the the guy that was considered to be a loser to be their 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 boss and threw them in an office that no one even knew about they literally did the ass wiping job of the MI5 and it turns out that no man it, they were good in Yarlman character douchey as he might be he's actually a very good boss and uh he ended up bringing the best out of his people so slow horses to me is one of the best shows of the year i don't know if you well actually you've seen it because we talked about it didn't we <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah. it was fantastic yeah yeah gary well, Oldman. Was, Sorry. Well, did, did you like the show at all yes yes and i i agree with your um it it is very interesting that if you don't fit the idea of what success looks like, then you tend to get passed over for things. And uh, if you don't, if you don't have the kind of personality to constantly be saying, "I'm the best at what I do. I'm fantastic. I'm marvelous. I'm great," right. and you don't kiss the right asses, then you just well, you get thrown in a closet somewhere. Yep. And yep. I, I, I love the fact that that was acknowledged in this, but also acknowledged the fact that they were, they were great. And yeah. just because they were in a closet and nobody <laughs> in a closet shoved somewhere behind some brooms and, you know, a dirty bucket that they could still exercise their skills and still be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. This is exactly what the show was all about. And uh, it, it, it just goes to show you that there's nothing Gary Oldman does that he doesn't, like he goes like, yeah, I'm going to go half-hearted on this one. Uh, 
He doesn't do that. He just like goes, oh, okay, you want me to play an asshole? I'm going to be a full-blown asshole. And you might have to ask me to, you know, tame it down a bit. (laughs) (laughs) He is fantastic. You might have to. He is fantastic. And he is, for me, one of the few actors that I, he can be in something and I'll not know who the hell he is. Who the hell is this? That's right. Even That's though right. it's, you know, it's Gary Oldman. You're like, who the hell is this character? I've never seen, because he can change absolutely everything about himself. It's not just as yeah. a, 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 a manner of a makeup and, and costume change. He changes the way he stands, the way he talks, the way his mannerisms are. It's just mind boggling to me. It's baffling. But yeah, I'll see him in some like, who the fuck is this? Oh, that's Gary Oldman. <laughs> Shit. That is Gary. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, man, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, Jojo, what do you have next? Uh, let's see here. So, I have one we talked about. It's not been too long ago, but The Devil's Hour with Peter Capaldi. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I really want more people to watch this show. <laughs> Because the more I think about it, the better it is, if that makes sense. I don't know. Like that I I I will be thinking about it sometimes. And that doesn't happen to me very often. I don't just randomly start thinking about something that I've watched previously unless it had a big effect on me. And this one did. And I I just there are so many different takes you could have on this, but there are it's just it's just a fantastic series. And I'm so glad that we watched it and talked about it because it was it it is so good and i think i would add to that is that this show is one of those that deserves a rewatch yes because i i remember how much i struggled through the first three episodes of this show and then i felt stupid afterwards i'm like i cannot believe that i would have given up on the show if it weren't because we had to do a podcast episode about this show, I probably would have given up on the show. And boy, would I have felt stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because this, this, you know, The Devil's Hour was an absolute masterclass. And Peter Capaldi is like, you know, a weird mixture of Anthony Hopkins and Al Pacino and like it's it's like a blend of a whole lot of great actors with a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I I even though the show is sort of about him in some ways, it's it's great that it's not all camera on him and right. and and the story about him and him talking all the time. I think after a while that would get wearing. But yeah. you know, we have great performances from everyone in it from Jessica Rain who plays Lucy, you know, Nikish Patel, Alex Ferns was so good in this. Yeah. Benjamin Chivers um was kid. fantastic. Nobody <laughs> hailed that kid. So this is this was one of my favorites of the year and um I I am ready to go back and watch it again because I do. I'll be randomly doing something. I'll be like, hey, wait a minute. What about 
that. Because <laughs> yes. it's it is it is yes. definitely something that makes you think. And TV doesn't always do that, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. You know, TV is meant to be an escape, and that's that's fine. But it is awesome when something that is pure fiction will make you stop and think. And I said it at the time when we reviewed this. It reminded me of the OA. In that the OA made me do that. The OA made yeah. me think, and I think about the OA sometimes still. So, um, yeah, I think I think this is a fantastic I series. I think about the OA every day. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. think about it. There's not a moment in yep. the day that I'm like, yeah, the OA, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I am glad that this was on Amazon, because if it was on Netflix, I don't think we would have gotten another season. Um, but yeah. Amazon has picked it up for, I believe, two more seasons at least. So uh, we should be seeing a continuation of the story. I hope they can keep up the momentum. But yeah. uh, even if not, we've got a fantastic first season that stands on its own. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. A show that, like I said, you you will hear me say it a lot because that's the way I'm always like that. Like I never have high expectations of shows, especially if they are a spin-off of something or if they are an expansion of something. The show that I wasn't expecting to be good was House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that House of the Dragon was was a fabulous show. And I think much like the original Game of Thrones where no one gave a shit about Game of Thrones the first season. And then after that, it was like, everybody's like, oh, G.O.T., 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 and shit. You had people like, oh, I know everything about the books, and blah, blah, blah. I think the same issue is going on here with House of the Dragon, because let's face it, you know, do we really care about what happened 200 years before Game of Thrones? Maybe not. But at the same time, though, this is a good, good, good story. And the cast here is insane. If it weren't for the cast, in fact, I don't think it would have been as good. So you have Millie Alcock. You have Matt Smith. Okay, like this dude right here is good in everything he does. Like, no, listen to me. Matt Smith is, is insane. Like, I, I don't know how else to say. He is I've never fantastic. seen anything Matt Smith is in that he's bad. Agreed. And he can be in something terrible. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen he's him in some the... very, but him, he's always, yeah. always, always brings it. Yeah, he's got the face and the look in his eyes, and he's got such piercing eyes, and he knows how to use them to glare. To it's it's an amazing thing what he does, and you know, one of one of the best doctors too. Like mm-hmm. if if you if you watch Doctor Who, this guy was a fantastic doctor. Nobody will ever be <laughs> for me. <laughs> A better doctor, you know, than, um, what's his name? David Tennant. Um, than David Tennant. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, for me, top three, David Tennant, Peter Capaldi, and Matt Smith. going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. 
let's let's see how my black Scottish dude will do this year. <laughs> it's gonna be but, fun. Okay, so so going back to House of the Dragon, Olivia Cook, who by the way was in the the show Slow Horses that we talked about, um Paddy Considine, my God. Paddy Considine ages in this show in a way that you know how we always talk about, like, oh, why can't we just change this, the cast and get somebody older to play the character, blah, blah, blah. It would be fair. But the way they aged Patty Considine in the show was so great that you're like, maybe I'm, I wouldn't have liked it if they just changed him. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I know that you're not a Game of Thrones type of person, but... I think one of the one of the beautiful things about House of the Dragon is that you don't have to have watched Game of Thrones to get into House of the Dragon because it's a story that stands on its own. And as a matter of fact, at the end of the day, Game of Thrones is nothing but, if you will, a sequel of that, except that the sequel was made before the prequel. But it's a beautiful show. And uh, I think the next few seasons are going to be important and watch bandwagoners, you know, <laughs> jump in and tell you that they were fun from the, the one and shit, you know, all of those motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have nothing to add for that, for it, for that. I haven't seen it. And I, but I, I might, I might watch this one because I'm, it's not five seasons in and, I'm going, ah, crap, I haven't, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. and, and it's, it's an easy show to watch. I, I think the other thing is that this show made a lot of headline because hashtag racists. <laughs> uh, a lot of people could not conceive the idea that in that world there were uh, rich black people. <laughs> you know, and so... That was that was fun. That that was a fun discussion. <laughs> I weep for humanity. Yeah, no, seriously. Yes. You know, uh, Steve Toussaint plays Lord Corlys Valerian, also known as the Sea Snake, mm -hmm. and he is married to one of the Targaryen family, who actually was supposed to be the heir to the throne, except that women couldn't be king or whatever. And so, of course, he's still to say he's black and his entire family, you know. So a lot of people were like, what? Black people with money and power? How dare you? You know, like, this is going to be good. Steve Toussaint had, <laughs> Steve Toussaint had his, his, uh, said his piece, and it was, of course, poignant and funny and all kind of shit. So it was great. I exhort you, Jojo, to take a look at it, uh, even though you're not a fan of Game of Thrones. Okay. It's a plan. All right. What you got? <laughs> so next, I had the series that we got to talk about, and I kind of gushed and fangirled over on the podcast, but uh, The Sandman on Netflix. And yo, that's my next one too, son. <laughs> yeah, yes. Claire, that was, ooh. That was yeah. it, it. It's it's such a good series and such a fantastic adaptation. And 
it's just it's it's so so good and i love that neil gaiman was involved in it in every single step of the way which is why it's so good because i think not just because he's the writer of it because obviously that makes a big difference but because i think neil gaiman is at the point in his career where he's like okay if you don't do it the way i want it done and I'm going somewhere else. You're not getting it at all. And I think that that's fantastic. And I think that he also understands how people yeah. work and how we want things to be and how we want stories to work out. And he is not like a, say, a George Lucas, who <laughs> who's also at that point in his career, but then makes crap. <laughs> but he is instead a, a, a genius and a someone who is very much in touch with humanity and the way that we work. And this is just a fantastic production of this story. And I, I, I don't really know how you could not like it. I know that there are bits that you may not enjoy, but I just feel like this is, has something for everybody. To me, I think the biggest mystery of the Sandman is the casting. Like how do you, just nail it so perfectly, casting each and every character in a show. It is it is something that I will never understand. Because like we've we've talked about shows where we were like, oh, this one was good, this one was good. I would not have cast so and so. Yeah. You know, we've talked about shows where we said like, oh, this was a great show, but I wouldn't have cast even the star. <laughs> yeah. This one person to star in it. Yeah. You know. But there's no that at all on the segment. My, my son has been home for a couple of weeks now because he had a ankle injury oh. playing soccer. And, of course, you know, when you have a big orthopedic boot and <laughs> there's not much you can do, you have to keep your feet up or whatever. Well, you watch a lot of TV, more than what he normally does. Uh, and he told me the other day, I finally watched the Sandman. And I'm like, so what did you think? He's like, this is good. <laughs> you know? and he, my son is one of those 22-year-olds who, like, you know, to them, everything's like, yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> like, for me, when he says, oh, man, this was good, I'm like, oh, there's got to be something there. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. again, these little motherfuckers act like, you know, they could have done it better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it could be better. You know, they're like, but he was like, no, man, it's good, you know. Yeah. And the casting, again, Tom Sturridge as Morpheus, Jenna Coleman, Gwendolyn Christie, Charles Dance. Oh, my God, Charles Dance. Wow, Charles Dance. Yeah. Kirby Howell Baptiste. Yo, Razan Jamal. Melisanti Mahout, Vivian Achimpong. Vivian Achimpong has like maybe four or five scenes there. Mm -hmm. And wow, she's good as Lucienne. Mm -hmm. so you, don't even, you don't even get to see Patton Oswald and you enjoy him there. But he just does a voice. Mark Hamill just does a voice. You're like, my God, I know who that is. And that's who I would have cast too. <laughs> that's the girl. Oh my God. Duh. Duh. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> um, this was this was insane. 
I'm, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let you have the last words <laughs> yeah. on that one. Yeah, no, this the, I like you said, there is nobody that I would have cast differently. They are fantastic performances from everyone. The production values on this are perfect. Every change from the original material is for a reason and is cohesive. And it is beautiful to watch. The story is gorgeous. There is just everything about it is is simply top notch. And it is one of my favorite shows I may have seen ever. Um, definitely one of my favorite shows this year. Oh, yeah. And it's just I I'm excited to see more of it. And, but it's, it's just beautiful and well done Netflix. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing about Netflix. That's why there's this love and hate relationship with Netflix, because sometimes they'll piss you off mm -hmm. and you'll be like, I'm canceling these motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. And then they drop something and you're like, yeah, I'd probably keep this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna cancel you, but then you did that, so Yeah. <laughs> you know. Now I now I'm gonna feel all guilty and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um but if we were to make a choice, because I'm getting to the, the last one on my list, I don't know where you are. I have two more on my list. Okay. So Let's put Sandman as candidate for candidate for number one for me show of the year, mm -hmm. and then I'll tell you what my next candidate is. Okay, you can go on ahead then. Okay, so the next show is one that we did not get to talk about, but I loved this series. It's incredibly funny. It's incredibly intelligent. And I don't think it got the recognition it deserves. And I'm hoping that more people will find it and watch it. But the show I'm talking about is Mo. And I just loved the series Mo. I loved the performance. I loved the comedy. I loved learning things about a lifestyle, uh, a culture that I knew very little about. And it's, it's a fantastic show. So well-written and so funny. And completely bonkers at times <laughs> but at the yeah. same time not unbelievably bonkers like it's like yeah i could see that happening to mo <laughs> that wouldn't yeah. happen to me but that would totally happen to mo and we all know yeah. a mo in the sense yeah. of yeah that we would happen. Know mo. <laughs> like yeah that would yeah that's mo that would completely happen to only him <laughs> yeah so you know the good thing is mo is a good dude Mm -hmm. Mo is, is is like the guy that you would like to have on your side always. Yes. But be prepared to get yourself into some sticky situations. <laughs> yes. Yes. Be prepared to be involved into something that you were not expecting to be involved in. And also yeah. be prepared for like the 2 a.m. phone call that's like, I need your help. <laughs> exactly. And to have it happen more regularly than it would with your other good friends. <laughs> And, and that's the thing. So you're right, Jojo. This is the, we all know a Mo. We all know a Mo. And it's like, but you can't get away from him. Like when Mo picks up the phone and calls you at 2 a.m. Like, yo, man, I need your help. You'd be like, 
Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Just putting up your shoes and shit. Yeah. And just, just talking like this motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> Mo. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing, you know, like your significant other would be like, what is it? And you would just have to say Mo. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, oh, tell God. him I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, Mo again? God. Yeah. Uh, this was really a good show. And I didn't think you liked it enough to put it there. To be honest, Jojo, I I um, I really 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 liked Mo. I really did. It just was, I I don't know. It it kind of got me in the heart. Yes, yes, it got me in the heart. In in it, it it was funny that Netflix did this show, but I mean Mo does have a relationship with Netflix, but what a what a show! And I think they let him do his own thing. You yeah. know, yeah, I kind of. Got the impression he was given a budget and told, have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I seem to remember him saying to Fallon that, uh, yeah, most of my lines were improvised. And people were like, wait, did we talk about this? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the actors just went with it, but like, <laughs> Mo was doing his own thing. So. <laughs> I like that. It should be fun to work with a guy like that, but at the same time, you'd be like, this I I'm not getting paid enough for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody told me I was gonna have to write a script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my head right on there. the fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So yeah, no, Jojo, thanks for bringing that one up because I didn't have it. It was completely out of my radar. But we never got a chance to talk about it. I think we canceled recording on that week, and then, uh, um. We thought that by the time we would talk about it, it would have been a bit too uh, past its time. But the crazy thing is I don't feel like I, uh, enough people have discovered the show. So Mo is on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mo is on Netflix. And uh, I don't really hear people talk about it much. And I I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think it was, it was great. Do you think Netflix is going to do a second season? I don't know. It's really hard to tell with Netflix what they... <laughs> what they're going to do and not do. I would love for there to be a second season. I'd like to know, you know what happened. You know something? Okay, so I'm probably going to get crushed by this. But, you know, Mo is actually, Mo should be a, a, a network show. I can see that. Um, I can see that. And you know my thing with, with, with Netflix and sitcoms? This is a rare one that worked for them, I yeah. feel like. But yes, yes. Yeah. And the thing about the reason I say that is because if a show like The Goldbergs has made like seven seasons on network TV, and trust me when I tell you this, The Goldbergs, I, I, when whenever I come home from work, my wife is watching the news, and then right after the news, like it just sneaks up on you. They're playing like The Goldbergs. You know, like until this fucking show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it on TV? <laughs> you know. I mean, just like that. Uh, but, yeah, I think Mo would have done well in network TV. Yeah. It, hopefully Netflix picks it up. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. All right. What's your next one? And then we'll go to the last. So this this is my last one. This is your last one? Yep. This one This one here is my last one. So um, Okay. It's, Let's hear it. <laughs> it's The Bear. The bear. That's my last one too. So, so 
in that sense, in that spirit, I will ask you, top show of the year for you, the Sandman or the bear? The bear. It's going to be the bear. It's going to be the bear. It is. As much as I love the sand, as much as I love Sandman and cannot stop singing its praises, there was something really special about the bear. The bear was unique, incredible, and wow. Wow. Talk about the bear a little bit, Jojo, because I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm at a loss for words. It, it was... It is almost revolutionary in storytelling for television, for uh, scripted television. It's has a little bit of a feel of a reality series, the good parts of reality series. And it has some fantastic, totally scripted moments that feel like they're completely off the cuff. There's an episode that is shot in essentially real time. Everything about the bear is is just different and special and and believable and from the heart and not in a sappy sicky kind of oh this will tug at your heartstrings kind of way but in a you feel like you're watching a real family you feel like you're part of a real family yes you feel yes. like you are in there and you are helping the restaurant and you are you you want them to succeed just as much as you would want the place you were working at that you loved to succeed. And there's incredible performances, believable performances. There's beautiful little moments that happen all the time. There's not a single character that is there just to fill a space. They are there with a story and their story will get told, maybe not completely, but we will at least hear part of their story. And I think it is some of the finest television Maybe of the decade. Yeah, and um, that's that's why I asked you to to you to say something about it because it's one of those things where, um, if I don't say a curse word every two words, I don't feel that I'm doing it justice. That's how great this show is, and this is a cast that I didn't know much about. No. Uh, these are a bunch of actors that I'm not really familiar. I wasn't really familiar with very few of them I was familiar with. But my goodness. So Jeremy Allen White as Carmen or Carmi. <laughs> I want to say that he carries the show on his shoulder, but that's not true. He was surrounded by a cast of great fucking actors that just made him better. They just made him greater greater and better like there's no other way of describing it but for me the breakout star in this show two people Ayo Edediri and Lisa Colon Sayas mark my words Lisa Colon Sayas demonstrated in the show with a very minimal a very minimal character that she is one of the Fucking greatest. Like, I don't know what that lady is doing on stage. She needs to be in movies, on TV, all the time. And if you ever catch Lisa Colonsayas on Broadway doing anything, if you hear her name on it, just go. Go. 
go because she is absolutely fantastic. She's a tiny little woman, but my God, she's a big actress. Yeah. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Ayo Edadiri is one of those actors that gives me hope for the young people of this generation because wow, wow. That's it, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. That's it. No, I I agree with you. It's it's everything about it is fantastic and um I just don't I honestly think it could be one of the best shows of the decade. Yeah, and if you go looking for the bear in the show, you're probably not going to find the bear. Uh, and you will realize later why it's called The Bear. But my God, the show is so good, so good, so good that I can't, like, I think we did a short episode about it because there wasn't much else we could have said. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, bear. yeah. I think it was a short episode because we were just basically like, go watch the fucking thing. <laughs> just go, like, don't listen to what I've got to say. Go watch it. Go watch it. And yeah. the sentiment is still the same today. The yeah. Bear was the best show you've ever seen in 2022. There was some great stuff in 2022. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. Not you know, Absolutely. It was a fantastic year for television. Here's the thing, Jojo. I'm glad that we have this mindset of we're not going to go back and tell you season five or so-and-so was great and it's the best show of the year. I don't think that should be the case. And, and look, you know, we gushed a lot over, you know, Hacks season two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about a lot of shows. We talked about The Boys. We talked about, we have our favorite shows that we watch season after season after season after season. But when it comes to show of the year, when it comes to year in review, I I, I think it should be all about the best new thing we watched this year. Agreed. Yep, completely and, agree. And I'm, I'm glad that we, we, we've we done it this way. And hopefully if you didn't get a chance to catch one of our episodes of some of the shows that we've talked about, then go back, listen, and maybe if you are going to have some vacation during this holiday, binge watch some of this. Yeah. Because it's good television. Yeah. It's great show. And they're all available on most uh, streaming platforms. Well, there's two shows. Well, there's one show that you're going to have to get Britbox for. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like it's a $40 a month thing or anything. It's You can. <laughs> yep. Yep. About $6 added through your, through your Amazon account to your Prime account. There's other and as an fantastic content on there that's too. It. So that's it. So this might well be the last show we do this year of 2022. I know that we've been a bit sporty lately, but we are here. We're still podcasting for you, and we we, we want to continue doing this. Next year, of course, is gonna get better. We, uh, you know, we are reordering things and putting everything in place so that we can have a show for you every week. But we want to thank you for the ride. Thank you for for staying with us. And if you discovered this show this year, if you discovered this podcast this year, we want to thank you for coming back. If you told your friends about this podcast, thank you for that. 
And if you haven't told your friends, go ahead and tell them. Look, Kicking and Streaming is a podcast you need to listen to because they talk about stuff that they've seen that maybe we wouldn't look at if we didn't hear someone else talk about it. And uh, we enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing this with Jojo. Yes. And uh, we can't thank you enough for being a part of it, for 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 being our listeners, for coming back and going to YouTube. And even if you watch five minutes, but you do, and we appreciate it, you know. So thank you very much. Uh, happy holidays. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes. 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 Thank you to everybody. Thank you for the past year. Thank you for... Uh... Uh, a fun year, and uh, we can't wait to to roll into the next one and see what new and exciting shows we can talk to you all about and recommend to you. And uh, yeah, hope everybody enjoys their at least gets some time off <laughs> at the end of the year here. <laughs> Thank you very much again. We are going to call it a day. So for me and for Jojo, this is goodbye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you've found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. <laughs>